Welcome to C-Talk, a podcast about pedagogy sponsored by the Council for Excellence in Teaching and Learning at Illinois Wesleyan University. I'm your host, Kate Brown, and in this episode, Information Literacy Librarian Chris Sweet offers an introduction to open educational resources, what they are, where to get them, and how to use them in your classroom. Hi, this is Chris Sweet. I'm the Information Literacy and Scholarly Communications Librarian over in the, the Ames Library. Uh, for my uh, brief C talk today, I'm going to do an introduction to uh, OER, just be kind of a, a quick overview. The reason that we chose this topic is that it was um, it was really popular in both of the cohorts of the fundamentals of online teaching course. Um, some people were new to uh, OER and uh, others knew a little bit uh, but really learned more and so this is kind of an extension uh, or uh, of that uh, the material that was covered in that course uh, another reason to do it is it's really right now last couple of years it's been a big uh, pedagogical trend in higher education as well as uh, a dei sort of trend as well since um, uh, fundamentally oer is interested in improving um, inequalities so for myself, uh, I've had a long-term interest in uh, open educational resources. I serve on um, a committee for our library consortium that focuses on OER. Uh, last year, I went through a, uh, it's almost a, a six-month-long program uh, on OER uh, librarianship. So to get us started, uh, just a quick overview, a definition, what, what, uh, what do we mean by OER? Uh, they're freely accessible, openly licensed, can be media or other digital assets that are useful for teaching, learning, and assessing, as well as research. Um, uh, they're characterized by what we call the five R's. Uh, those are retain, reuse, remix, revise, and redistribute. Those are all things that you're allowed to do uh, with OERs that you're not allowed to do with other copyrighted materials. Uh, People often just think about open textbooks, I think, uh, with OER, but it's a lot more than that. Uh, anything that falls in the public domain is, a, is an OER. Uh, some online videos, depending on how they're licensed, are OERs. There, there are now uh, tutorials, modules, simulations, quizzes, uh, ancillary materials for, for those textbooks. Uh, all those things are types uh, of OER. In higher ed, uh, we often focus on the textbooks and open textbooks. Uh, if you're like me, I looked at them first uh, when they were starting to come out uh, about 10 years ago. I looked at a few. Um, there, there are a couple good ones here and there, but uh, nothing really that, uh, that, that impressive. Or they needed work and further development. So if you haven't looked uh, any time in the last five years, they have gotten way better. There's a lot more of them. They're starting to get uh, uh, some of the more um, uh, maybe advanced courses or not the not the the hundred level introductory courses. That there's there's material that are focuses focusing on um, more specific parts of different uh, disciplines. Uh, you've probably heard the term open access, uh, and, and this gets a little bit confusing. What's the difference between uh, open access and OER? Um, so all OER are open access, but open access aren't necessarily OER. It's confusing, right? Um, open access, it, it, it's much more narrowly defined in general. The, it, the, the idea there is how can we remove the paywalls to things, uh, particularly like uh, 
academic scholarly journal articles? What are the, what are the means and the methods uh, by which we can make those things freely accessible rather than you know, the ever-increasing uh, journal publication uh, and subscription costs? Uh, it, it, open access does not necessarily uh, address copyright, but it, it's, it's how you fund the material and how you access it. Um, so OA or open access, it's, 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 a, it's a narrower category of things. Uh, OER is a little bit broader. Uh, to muddy the waters a little bit more, uh, at, at times I'll mention things that are free to students. OER, of course, are free to, to students. Um, open access, uh, also free to students. But then there, there are, uh, there's, there's tons of copyrighted material that students can access, you know, quote, uh, quote unquote, for free. Uh, so most of the things in the library's collection fall under this category. Uh, they're things that we have uh, purchased, uh, so, so we have uh, a right to use them. And particularly in a university setting, uh, fair use gives us a, a, um, quite a, a, a bit of leeway to use these purchased copyrighted materials in an educational setting. Um, so there are times that you can utilize our collections uh, and other things that are copyrighted uh, where students still don't see any direct cost. Of course, there, there are indirect costs. Uh, the library's budget comes from students, uh, right? So uh, it, it's another category that we, we need to uh, address and contend with. So uh, why, why use the OER? What's the, what's the big deal? Why is this such a big trend? Uh, the biggest reason, in my opinion, and, and, and I think a lot of people that work with OER, is that it, it's, it's a direct way to address educational inequalities, which uh, all of us are, are concerned about. We all know about the spiraling costs of higher education. Um, and course materials are not covered most of the time uh, by student financial aid. And it can be, it can be a big stressor. Um, so students that can easily afford the course materials, whatever the textbooks are, uh, whatever is required, uh, they, those students have an inherent advantage. Um, there's plenty of research to back this up. Uh, one of the largest studies um, was uh, repeated in 2018, and it, it, it covered more than 21,000 students. Uh, and I, I think the results are pretty shocking. Um, from these students, 64% reported not purchasing a required uh, textbook at some point in the, the, the previous year. 43% of them took fewer courses, again, because of uh, course material costs. 41% avoided taking a specific course that they knew that they couldn't afford the, the textbook for. 23% withdrew from a course. 36% earned a poor grade because they couldn't afford the textbook. And 17% reported failing a course. Uh, so that's, it, it, those st same statistics are probably not mirrored at the exact same percentages here at Illinois Wesleyan, but it's a, it, it's a real concern. Uh, and certainly that applies to some of our students. Uh, other reasons for why, why, why to use OER. They're easily revised, broken apart, uh, compiled, uh, put together with other OERs. Say, say that you like three texts for your class, well, you're, but you only like parts of them. You're not going to have the students purchase three textbooks uh, and only use parts of them. Most of the time, that would not be a good uh, use of 
um, uh, students' funds, and they would probably be uh, somewhat upset about that. Uh, OER, you can take the best parts of whatever you find, put it together, uh, you know, make your own book, make a course packet, uh, whatever you, however you want to approach that. It's easy to pick and choose and compile, and the licensings of these materials allow us uh, to do that. Most of OER, they're, they are digital. Um, of course, anything, you know, public domain, copyrighted materials, uh, th those can be in print. Uh, you can print out OER. There's not, nothing wrong with that. There's often a, a small cost associated with printing. Um, but they're easy to use for remote learning, right? Uh, everybody has access, as long as they have computer access 24-7 uh, to these materials. It's another important uh, category for uh, OER. So if you, if you want to learn more uh, about OER, where should you go? The, the library maintains a, uh, a good up-to-date overview of uh, search engines for OER, repositories, research related to uh, OERs, a couple of videos. It's on our scholarly communications uh, library guide. Uh, to get to that, you would go from the library homepage. It's under um, research tools and collections. Look for the scholarly communications guide, and then there's a tab for uh, OER uh, on that. And that would be my uh, recommendation for where to, to, to go next to learn a little bit more. Uh, another thing that I wanted to bring to faculty's attention is that uh, the library is sponsoring some small dollar uh, OER exploratory grants. So we have uh, five of these at $200 each. And the idea is that you go out and explore uh, different OER that might work for your course or courses. Uh, at the end of the exploration, there's a two or three page report. Um, if you didn't like something, fine. Tell us you, you, you checked it out, why you didn't like it. Tell us if you did find something that you might use, how you might incorporate it in. Um, we're going to put together a panel of people that get these uh, grants. It's just, just um, informal here uh, at Wesleyan. Uh, those grants are first come, first serve. A couple of them have already been uh, taken. So if you're interested, uh, get in touch uh, with me, and I can I can point you to that. The information is also on that same uh, that same OER page on the Scholarly Communications uh, Library Guide. You can find more information or contact me, uh, c-suite at iwu.edu. Uh, there's there's also there's a there's also a news blurb uh, right now on the. Uh, the, the library homepage. That's part of our blog. That'll that'll change as we rotate new material through through there. Something else you can do if you're interested in this idea, you want to give uh, a little bit more than what I just covered here. Um, the the library consortium that we belong to, Carly, uh, has an upcoming uh, professional development webinar. It's called supporting open open uh, supporting academic success, open educational resources, affordable course materials. That's coming up on March 23rd uh, from 11 to 1 p.m. There's no cost to that, but you do need to register, and there's a there's limited capacity to that. If you're you're interested in that, uh, I would definitely um, jump on that opportunity, and uh, we'll include some more information about that along with uh, uh, this recording. So that that, uh, that that should at least orient you to the to the world of OER and give you some next steps for uh, places to, to look out to. Uh, all the liaison librarians, if, if you're interested in exploring things within your discipline, don't really know where to start, where to look, uh, you can get in contact with one of us. Uh, take a look at those resources that are uh, on the guide. Um, 
any specific OER questions, I'm happy to, to, to try to answer, to, to work with you on. Um, so uh, I think it's an exciting new area. Um, I, I'm seeing a lot of movement, a lot of interest in OER, and uh, I hope this uh, uh, picture interesting gets a few more people interested in um, getting started with OER. Thank you for listening to C-Talk. If you have any feedback for us or ideas for future episodes, let us know at ctal.iwu.edu. You can find the show notes for this and all our other episodes at iwu.edu slash ctalk.